failed. I was thinking about this in leading up to our conversation as to why I failed. What dawned on me was a couple of things. One, I'm just busy. As a parent and a husband and startup CEO, I find that I don't have a lot of time. And so the idea of going to the market, buying the necessary ingredients, coming home, looking up how to do this, not something I had done before, and then doing it required a time commitment. And that's a really crappy excuse, but it's a real one, right? That is the reality of what happened. I, you know, I've been on the road a lot. I actually haven't been home much in the last, I think we spoke about a month ago. That was one reason I failed. And what that led me to thinking was when we're talking about some of these bigger changes that we as a people need to make, we as a society need to make, I think it's so critical that it's really easy. It has to be super simple. Like, could I, on my calendar, mark out two hours to go do this? Of course. In hindsight, should I have? Absolutely. But I didn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat ashamed about that. But at the same time, I'm sort of trying to analyze, like, why did I fail so that I can improve going forward? And, and so that's what I've learned. Like, when you're coming up with solutions, they just have to be easy or else people tend not to, to even start Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. Jeff gave me a big surprise in his first answer to my first question when we started this conversation, as you'll hear. I bring leaders to the show, not just people who care about or work on the environment or environmental issues, even if they don't know or care about the environment, although everyone cares about the air they breathe and water they drink. The question is not how many times or how badly you fall, but how many times you get back up. Everyone says that. You've read it in books. Most leadership people, they share the stuff after it's been filtered and edited. Here, you get to hear it in real time. This is how people actually work. People who get things done, they fail too. Most of you listening aren't doing what you want. I'm not doing all the things that I want. Jeff shares what we all experience, raw, unfiltered. He said he was going to do something he wasn't able to. Then we see what you can do about it. He shares how to look at these things, how to respond, and how to bring joy back, or in his case, fun, when it wasn't there before, and have something to look forward to. So let's listen to the conversation. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodak. I'm here with Jeff Kirshner. How are you doing? Hey, Joshua. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. And I've been thinking about your challenge because food was my big introduction to all this stuff. And you picked a food one. And if you don't mind, if we jump right into hearing about, well, can you remind us what the challenge was? Sometimes it it changes over the course of time. Yeah, sure. So when we spoke, our challenge was around granola bars. Mm -hmm. Um, And specifically, the context was that You know, when you buy granola bars in a market, they are individually wrapped. And so my challenge was I was going to not purchase granola bars in a market, but rather I was going to make them 
a big batch at home in order to avoid the need for all that packaging. Mm -hmm. And I've never made granola bars. I feel like it's like my parents, they belonged to a co-op when we were kids and they kind of did hippie stuff. When they weren't hippies, they were a little too old. But it feels like going back, like one of the original going back to not nature, but so how did it go? I failed. And I was thinking about this in leading up to our conversation as to why I failed. And what dawned on me was a couple of things. So one, I'm just busy, right? As a, as a parent and a husband and a startup CEO, I find that I don't have a lot of time. And so the idea of going to the market and buying the necessary ingredients, coming home, you know, frankly, looking up how to do this, not something I had done before, and then, and then doing it required a, a time commitment. And that's a really crappy excuse, but it's a real one, right? That is the reality of what happened. I, you know, I've been on the road a lot. I actually haven't been home much in the last, I think we spoke about a month ago. And so that was one reason I failed. And what that led me to thinking was when we're talking about some of these bigger changes that we as a, as a, as a people need to make, we as, as a society need to make, I think it's so critical that it's really easy. It has to be super simple. Like, could I, on my calendar, mark out two hours to go do this? Of course. And in hindsight, should I have? Absolutely. But I didn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat ashamed about that. But at the same time, I'm sort of trying to analyze, like, why did I fail so that I can improve going forward? And, and so that's what I've learned. Like, when you're coming up with solutions, they just have to be easy or else people tend not to, to even start. So first, you're the first person who started off by saying that they failed, who didn't first email me and say, can we postpone it or can we not do it or something like that. And everyone else who has had trouble, I've often, I've had a few like episode 1.5 where I work with them to figure out like what works, what doesn't work and see about that. And I view what the way you started as that is a sign of leadership. I mean, it's not the only sign of leadership. But to own the situation and not make excuses or not like, um, I don't know, you know, I certainly when I don't like to say I failed and we have a culture, certainly like the Silicon Valley cultures fail early, fail often. I don't think they really know what that means. I, I think a lot of people say that not really getting it. And I, for this podcast, my goal is not to create a Disney version. It's easy. Just do this and it's all done. And that's why I want to have on people who make it their business. Your business is cleaning up garbage or enabling people to clean up garbage. And this is something that you were not able to do, at least so far. Correct. And I, you know, my version of the whole fail early, fail often phrase is learn early, learn often. Because look, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody really wants to fail. That, that's not the goal, right? I think the goal is to learn. And so... You know, that means maybe not trying to perfect something before you put it out in the market, but rather, you know, get it to a place where you think, all right, I'm going to test this to see how, it, how the response is and get it out and learn as early as you can. Learn as often as, as you can. And, you know, I don't know if it's just part of my personality or, or what, but yeah, like if I'm going to make a mistake or if I'm going to fail, like to hide from it doesn't make any sense to pretend it didn't happen. Doesn't do any good for anyone. So yeah, like I failed. 
So to me, if you heard, I, I think I might have said, like, I questioned, so why did I fail? Because in there, there, I should say, therein lies the magic. Therein lies the growth opportunity. What can I do to not fail going forward? It begs the question, what did you learn? And if so, what? Well, I alluded to this, that when the need for simplicity, the need, so we were talking about making a change. In this case, the change was go from buying individually wrapped granola bars in a store to making something at home. That was the intended change. And so what I learned was like, even that change is difficult. Why? Well, in this case, it was because I was traveling. It's because it was taking time and time is one thing I don't have a ton of right now. And there wasn't the, you know, I wasn't driven to do it. Um, cause for whatever reason, it was just a little too difficult. So the learning there is when trying to make change, you know, is there a way to nudge yourself along as opposed to making some drastic change? Not that baking granola bars at home is a drastic activity, but hopefully you get the point. Yeah, well, drastic or not drastic is not measured by like the amount of calories burned or total time taken, but how it fits in with, uh, it can be various different measures. It's hard not to wonder. Exactly. It's hard not to ask you back the question, is there something that you could do that would nudge you along that would be, that would fit there, there is, and I thought about this as well, which is breaking the objective down into smaller bite-sized pieces. So maybe the idea of going to the market, bringing everything home, setting aside the time to bake it and then put it all together could actually be broken down into smaller pieces. So maybe it's today when I have to go to the market to get stuff for dinner, which I'm doing anyway, the simple thing would be just buy the stuff I need for granola. Don't worry about actually making it. But just prepare, mm -hmm. like get the necessary ingredients. Now they're at home. I've now cut my objective by 50%, if you will. Or I should say I've cut mm -hmm. my tasks by 50%. So then maybe uh, tomorrow night when I'm home preparing dinner, I can also go ahead and put the things together to prepare the granola bars because I'm already in the kitchen. I'm already working with food. And that seems like a at least a simpler way to getting things done. And also you're already... Earlier than that, you're already in the store. I presume that you already know the, um, the ingredients that you have to get because that would be another step that might be before that because you might find yourself in the store thinking, oh, I don't know what to get, oats and, I don't know, honey. So I think the learning there is like, how do you look at a task and break it down into chunks that are attainable where suddenly this need for change isn't like this big undertaking, but it's actually rather attainable. And then when you add up all those chunks, you end up getting to the, the larger intended change. Yeah. Sometimes it happens without intending it. Like I'm over a year without emptying my garbage. I had no idea that would happen. And if someone said to me, here's all the steps you have to do to get there, I'd be like, that's too much. But when I look back and the first steps I did, I enjoyed. And so I just kept adding and adding and adding, or I should say taking away, taking away, taking away of, you know, packaged stuff. And there's no way if someone had said, here's what to do, Josh, go make it so that you can go over a year without throwing stuff away. I'd be like, impossible. No way. It's, so it's hard not to wonder, can it, would you be interested in talking again and seeing if the breaking it down leads to lead somewhere? Sure. So then I propose keeping this a short conversation. And is it in your head, like what the steps you want to do to make it work? Or should we... It feels to me like you know what you what you're doing now, and 
you know the steps to take. I think that's right. I think I do know the steps to take. Now it's just a matter of taking them. Yeah, it also sounds to me like once you have the ingredients in your kitchen, it's sort of like if I want to go running, I put my running shoes on. I don't think about it. If I think about the run, it might be too much. I mean, it depends on the day, if it's a beautiful spring day. And then once the shoes are on, like eventually I'm going to get out and go for a run. And it sort of sounds like that for you. Like putting on shoes is simple. Running five miles is not. I think there's another layer to this, or I should say the opportunity for another layer. So we've addressed that simplicity is key. Mm -hmm. I think if you make something fun as well, it's key, right? So instead of looking at it as work, what is a way of taking this task and making it more fun? Mm -hmm. So that can happen in a myriad of ways, right? So like instead of doing it by myself, I'm, you know, doing it with my entire family. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of making uh, the granola bars, you know, sort of standard, maybe I introduce like really unique ingredients that typically would never be introduced just for a fun factor. Maybe mm -hmm. instead of, uh, I'm making this up, you know, doing it um, when you are typically cooking, maybe it's like, hey, we're going to do a post-Halloween midnight gathering to create granola bars. Maybe you invite people to do it and it becomes more than just yourself. So I think the key learning here is, and, 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 I, and what I like about this is this mentality for me applies to like everything we're doing with literati, right? So like we're not going to go clean on the whole planet. How do you make that really simple? Well, you can pick up one piece, but how do you make that fun? So like, is it, how do you bring other people into the mission? How do you make it enjoyable and surprising? And I think when you apply that, lens to any goal or any objective, you can be surprised at the, the progress you can make. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable, join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. You just talked about, this is what I think is completely missing from the environment, is making it fun and actionable. The message I get is like, you know, we're all going to die if we don't fix this now. That may be the case, but that isn't necessarily going to motivate people. And uh, this is why I like to bring leaders to, well, you're already in the environment, but leadership to the environment as opposed to I don't know. What, what are the people doing? I'm, there's enough science out there. I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of education. I'm a big, big fan of legislation. I want to bring the fun. I want to bring the effect. For me, it's joy is the, is the word that comes to mind most. Joy and community and connection. So I'll give you an example of something I just saw that does this. It's not necessarily environmental related, but I, it, it, as you were speaking, it really dawned on me. So there's an application called Duolingo, right? a very successful mobile application that helps people learn a new language. So if I were to say, so my daughter, who's 11, has just started using this. And if I told her like, hey, you need to go learn Spanish or you're gonna take Spanish at school or French or German or Latin, her reaction is like, that's another class, it's homework. I don't know those languages. I don't even know where to begin. I need books. But there's a, like her immediate come from is a negative emotion. But this application is so beautifully designed. It's simple. There's positive feedback loops. It's engaging. It's 
fun. It almost serves as a Trojan horse to the greater mission, which is to learn the language. Right? And, and, and therein lies, I think, some of the power of gamifying things, right? When you turn things into a game or make them fun, it's amazing what ends up happening, whether it's learning a new language or being a planet. Yeah, I feel like as you're talking about Duolingo, but I can't help but think you're thinking of like direction that you want to take your projects into to make things fun and make things accessible and make it feel like next thing you know, you're just cleaning the planet just because you're doing it. It's fun. Your community, everyone you know is doing it. I, I'm not sure exactly your your strategy, but I, it feels like you were just saying like what's getting you, what's driving you. Am I right? It is one of the key. You are right. It's one of the key things that we think about all the time. Like, how do you take the action of cleaning the planet and just make it fun and connected and rewarding and impactful? Mm-hmm. That is something we're after. I hope to help you on that. And I think, I have predict, and I'll bet you on this, that after you make the, I, I think that you'll succeed in making the granola bars at some point. And I think after you do a couple times, you're going to look back, you're going to describe it as a very easy thing to do. I think you're right. After you've done it a few times. Yeah, of course. The starting is one thing. You know, starting something and continuing it are different things. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes. Because I think you're, I'm very interested in hearing the difference between, and I think this is incredibly valuable for the listeners, because a lot of people are out there thinking, should I pick up a piece of trash per day or should I do whatever? And for them to hear, I think that for them to hear your, your word failure, let's say learning experience, I think if, it, if you fail again, you know, I know you're going to come back on and say, well, I failed again, if, if that's what happens. But I predict that at some point it'll click and you'll be like, oh, I could have done this a long time ago or something like that. And I hope people get something from that. You just mentioned like starting, the difficulty in starting. So um, I don't know if you know Mel Robbins. She's a wonderful, inspirational leader and teacher. But she has this phrase, which is five, four, three, two, one. So you just I say five, four, three, mm-hmm. two, one, and then you just start. So you just get up and start. Yeah, And there's something powerful about that. It gives you almost permission to get going. Yeah. So let's schedule another one. Should we do it by, should we schedule it by some time or by, should I just wait to hear from you when it works on your schedule? So I think that we should do it by some time because there's, a, I think accountability is important. Okay. So what time is about the right time? About when should we talk next? So what if we did two weeks? Two weeks? Okay. It feels, it feels a little... So I just randomly chose two weeks, but I'm going to tell you why. Two weeks feels somewhat safe, like we're not doing it tomorrow, mm-hmm. but it also feels like it's only two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so let's see how that goes. And hopefully I'll email you before then to say, guess what? It's done. Okay. And also we're scheduling this now. It's just before Halloween. So that would mean that you'll have mastered granola bar making for Thanksgiving. It feels like a well, kind of... Actually, you now just added another layer. So when there's a moment in the future that is relevant that, can, that your task can further benefit from, like imagine if all of a sudden I was able to bring granola bars to the Thanksgiving meal. Like that's unusual. Nobody brings granola to Thanksgiving. But suddenly I have a... a there's a point in time where I can work towards. So now it's not just the act of making granola bars. It's chunking that down into bite-sized pieces. It's trying to add an element of fun. It's setting an accountability schedule. And it's putting a moment in time in the future that says, if I'm able to accomplish this by then, there's an added benefit. And that all of a sudden becomes like 
a whole lot different than you just giving me a challenge to go make homemade granola bars. You just broke down like life change into a, a couple sentences there. <laughs> I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah. Now, um, so let's leave it there and, and we'll pick up here next time. If that, if that works for you. That works. Okay. So then uh, offline, we'll schedule for the two-week time period. And uh, any last message on this call before, before we wrap up? No, I think what's been fascinating is that like I'm learning a lot about how I progress in the you know the things we're doing at Literati. How do we set a goal, break it down, make it fun, make it easy, tie it into some greater good? There's a lot to learn there. I, I look forward to hearing how these things relate to each other when we talk next. Yes, that sounds great. Jeff Kushner, thank you again. Joshua, always a pleasure. And talk to you soon. I can't tell you how much I enjoy having open, honest people who've learned to allow themselves to be vulnerable in my life. I have a lot to learn from them. You heard Jeff respond to a problem and how it works for him. He may fail again, I'm not sure, but I suspect he won't give up. The speed and direction he applied himself to getting back up suggests he's fallen many times, because I suspect that's the only way he could learn how to get back up is through that experience. If you've fallen, I hope Jeff and his approach helped you get back up. If you haven't tried, And frankly, most people I meet have done zero meaningfully on their environmental values, content to be like everyone else, hoping for some deus ex machina to fix what in the end only our changing our behavior will do. If you haven't tried, then you haven't failed. I hope Jeff helped reveal the consequence of failure that comes with experience failing. Resolve, digging deep, finding what works, looking inside, and eventually success. Well, I can't say for sure he'll succeed, but... I'll take any bet against him. I look forward to hearing episode two. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse. And living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior, There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.